0: Back to more John Chuckery. This party's gonna rock. sense! Sports Radio 929 The
1: Game. Sports Radio 929 The Game. Back with the John Chucker Show. Halfway home on this Tuesday evening. 404 741 0929. That's the Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. Odyssey app so you catch us when you're on the go. Social media at 929 The Game on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. At JMCH 316 at underscore Dylan Matthews. Don't forget, 1040. Rank them. Hit us up with a list. Hey, uh, losing is no fun. Winning is. The BetQL app uses proven data and analytics to help you make smarter bets. Get started today. Download the BetQL app or visit BetQL. We talked about this at the top of the show, as obviously the Falcons are in their bye week this week. And get ready next week to get ready to – Go down to New Orleans and and play the Saints. Four games left in the season. You got the Saints and Baltimore on the road, and then you'll finish with Arizona and Tampa Bay on your home field. Now, look, after the Tampa Bay victory last night, Falcons are now, this is according to 538 Sports, Falcons are now sitting at 5% playoff odds with a 4% chance to win the division, 1% chance to win a wild card spot. And, and this is why I believe, and, and you're hearing Arthur Smith talk more in less guaranteed tones. By the way, I got to bring this up too. Dylan, there's a guy for 11 Alive that's tweeting out like, like he's must be one of their election guys or something like that. This literally just from a few minutes ago, talking about how only about 5% of DeKalb counties voted. How? I don't know. How's that possible? That This is what he tweeted out. A lot of votes still outstanding in Blue Metro Atlanta. The cab only reporting about five percent. How's that possible? I could have put, I could have tied the results on a carrier pigeon and flown it to somewhere. Five? How's it possible?
2: Anyway, would you would you consider to call it maybe a little a uh, little foul plays going on or no? I don't know. I it's just it seems ridiculous
1: that it takes this long to get things counted when right. everything is electronic. There's nothing that's not – even if you've had absentee ballots, you've had them for a while. Yeah. It's not like they just showed up, you know, you know, 10 minutes ago. Anyway. So – but this is more than just the quarterback, though, okay? This is also about some of their other young guys. For instance, and I know he's been hurt last couple of weeks, but when they get back from the bye, yes, it's time to start Ritter. It's also time to start Arnold Ebicady. You know, some. Of, it's also time to give D'Angelo Malone more playing time. It's also time to give Tyler Algier more run. Hell, if you're only going to use Patterson for 11 or 12 touches, then get 15 or 18 carries out of Algier. And let's see if going into next year, he's ready to carry the running back load. I'm not saying you tanked a game or whatever. But you're only giving Patterson 11 or 12 touches. Then give me more Algier. Ogun can't sack the quarterback. Let me see if Katie can start and get some things cranked up early. Let me see all of these guys. I'm all in favor of, at this point, starting Ritter. I've seen everything that you can want out of Marcus Mariota and we're not a playoff team, and we're not trending in that direction. Does anybody on this earth really believe (coughs) that the Falcons are about to go 4-0 down the stretch? Playing in New Orleans, playing Tampa, at Baltimore, and against the Cardinals. We couldn't go 4-0 against the Bears, Steelers, Commodores and those teams. What makes you think we're going to go 4-0 against the Cardinals, Saints, Bucks, and Ravens? With at least two of those teams competing for a playoff spot. And it doesn't, even if the Falcons lose out, it doesn't make the season less successful. It doesn't mean that the Falcons were what we thought they were. They've grown in a lot of areas. They're better in areas. And there are things to look forward to. If I have to sit through 0-4 the rest of the way, and I don't think they'll be 0-4. I think they'll win at least one of those games. But even if I sat through 0-4, but I got to see Ebicady start, Desmond Ritter start, D'Angelo Malone play a little bit more. Tyler Algier get more run. Troy Anderson get more run. Even if I had to see that in lieu of winning, at this point, I consider the Falcons' season to be a success. Do you remember, Dylan, how many games I said the Falcons
2: would win this year? Yes, I do. You said seven, same as last year. Nope. Oh, no, six. There you go. So you don't remember. I thought yeah. I did. I knew
1: yeah. it was either six or seven. I, I told you I told you they'd win seven last year. How many did they win? Seven. Okay. What's their record right now? They are five and eight. Okay. What do you expect them to go the rest of the way in these four games? One and three. Okay. What would that give them for wins? Six. Who gave it to you? You. Okay. Who gave you the 20 attempts? Who's the only guy in this town giving you that number? That would be you, John Chuckery. okay but miss me with any more talk about playoffs. We're now in the single digit percent. Whether you want to tell me it's five, seven, eight, whatever. You're in the single digit playoff percentage with four non layup games. Here's what we don't have for the final four games of the year: Central Arkansas State, Texas Technical Tech, Missouri A and T. Or Illinois, you know, Illinois, you know, school for the blind. This team's not going 4-0. When Arthur comes back on Monday and stands in front of the media to get ready for the Saints, I'm fine with taking it one game at a time. But miss me with we're in the playoff hunt and all this kind of stuff. Like, that's the that's the thing I ask. Just like I ask from baseball community. Don't insult my intelligence. It's been a good run. I give them a lot of credit. This has been an interesting season. It's been fun at times, it's been frustrating. But again, that's kind of what I thought this season would be. And I think it's a success. The fact I I would I would have taken 5 and 8 because I thought they were a 6 win team. And I still think they're going to be 6 or 7 at most. So I'm not mad about this year. And I'm not saying you're tanking. They're not going to do that. But you can – look, if Ebicadee's getting 37% of the snaps, why can't he get 65 70% of the snaps? Take it away from Ogun If If Tyler Algier can get three, four more – if I have to – how about this? If I have to sacrifice three or four pass attempts from Marcus Mariota – to give Algier three or four more carries, I'd rather have that. I'd rather run the football three or four more times than let Mariota huck it downfield and miss guys again. Who, by the way, you ready for this number, Mr. I-Do-The-Football-Podcast and all this stuff? I'm not going to count P.J. Walker. Okay. Okay? Because he's only started five games. Are you with me? I'm with you. Okay. Okay. Do you know that there's only three quarterbacks in the NFL with a higher percentage of 20-yard or more throws in the NFL than Marcus Mariota? Wow. You know who those three are? Mr. Football Podcast of the Universe? You and your buddy Bo? (laughs) Do you know the only three quarterbacks? Uh, I do not. One is Justin Fields, believe it or not. Okay, I can Mar- see that. Mariota throws, has thrown 14.9% of his passes. attempt a Pass attempts have been over 20 yards. You with me? I'm with 14.9%. you. 14.9%. Matt Ryan, by the way, is under nine Ooh. this year, and he was nine last year on 560 attempts. Wow. So the only three quarterbacks in the NFL with a higher percentage of of attempts of 20 yards or more in the NFL? Justin Fields, Russell Wilson, uh, Aaron Rodgers. Wow. Did you know that, Mr. Football (laughs) Podcast of the Universe?
2: I did not know that. Okay.
1: You think your buddy Bo knew all that stuff? Uh, Probably not. Yeah. (laughs) You know who did know all that stuff?
2: John Chuckery? Yeah.
1: You know who researched all the numbers to give you that?
2: John Chuckery? You're
1: darn Skippy right? <laughs> I'm just talking out my bunghole over here like I'm Ace Ventura.
2: Is it okay if I use that on P Peachtree Football tomorrow? Yeah. All right, thank you.
1: You can look up the numbers. I'll show you where to get them on Pro Football Focus. All right. I can show you exactly where to get them. Now, P.J. Walker has a higher percentage, but again, He's only got five starts. I'm not counting P.J. Walker. Right. So I'm taking him out of the equation because he does have a higher percentage. But it's Fields, Wilson, and Rodgers. That's the only three quarterbacks that th- have thrown or have attempted a higher percentage of their passes over 20 yards. And by the way, Mariota's 25% or whatever. complete. I can give you the actual wow. number when I look it up. I've seen all I need to see. And too often we don't put him in a spot to do what's best. Let me see all of my young guys, not just Ritter. Let me see Ebba Katie start every game. I don't need to see Ogandaji start again. I know what he is. He's got one sack on the season, and ready? The total number of quarterback hits registered for Ogandaji besides his sack. Is the same as you, the same as me, and the same as him, and the same as Steven Means. That would be zero. He doesn't have freaky? He doesn't have another registered quarterback hit this year, other than the one sack.
2: So he doesn't have more than freaky either?
1: No. Freaky deaky leaky. <laughs> so play the young guys. And okay, I, I, I'm not I'm not looking at tanking. I, I still want you to play Patterson. I'd like to see him get more touches. But hell, if we're only going to give him 11 or 12 touches, then let me have Algier touch the football. With all due respect to Caleb Huntley, I like him, but let me see Algier over Huntley. Let me see Katie over Ogundeji. Let me see D'Angelo Malone get 35, 40 percent of the snaps, even over Lorenzo Carter. Let me see some of these guys. Let me see Troy Anderson keep go- going, humping and bumping and stumping. It's more than just Ritter. Let me see all my young guys. When we get back, it'll be time for That's Life. Um, what's Old is New again, plus our top 10. Chuck the Kia Studios, Sports Radio, 92 on the game, Odyssey.com,
0: app. more John Chuckery.
2: We've heard so much
1: about you. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Back with your John Chuckery Show. 921 live in the Kia Studios. You know what time it is. That's life.
3: That's life. That's what all
1: the people say. 404-741-0929. That is our Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. Honestly, you catch us when you're on the go. Social media at 929 game on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. At JMCH316, at underscore Dylan Matthews. Get to our top 10 here in just a few minutes. Don't forget, 1040, Rankum is coming up. We'll hear from Ken Segura coming up at the top of the hour. How about this? We I, I love going through these auctions, Dylan. So a 1969 Topps Mickey Mantle baseball card. Okay, so the 1969 Topps Mickey Mantle—that's the last baseball card for Mickey Mantle. That's his last regular-issued Topps baseball card. Okay, as a player. Okay, a- in 2009, a PSA nine, which is mint condition, a PSA nine graded card, mm-hmm. sold for thirteen thousand oh, seven hundred sixty-seven dollars. How much do you think it sold for this weekend? This this weekend, that same card sold. How much do you think it sold for?
2: Ooh, I'm going to
1: go $25,000. $933,483. What? The first time you said $13,000, right? $13,767 in 2009. Holy flip. 933,400. That's an appreciation of 6,680%. Goodness gracious. I'm telling you, That's a the flip. sports card market is redonkulous right now. It's, it's absolutely crazy how much this stuff is selling for. Almost a million bucks. Think about that. If you held on, that card is mm. that's it, only been since 2009, not not, right. not 19 not 1981, 2009, and in and in 13 years, it's gone from 13 grand to 930 grand.
2: That's ridiculous,
1: isn't it crazy?
2: Do you like believe people are really dishing out this type of money for cars? Uh, Baseball cards. And, and
1: I and my listen,
2: it's not gonna go up
1: six thousand more percent. No. I mean, like how much it's almost a million. How much more can it go up? It can't be that right. much, can it? You wouldn't think so. No. Like how much more money and, are you gonna pay for a baseball card? And, and, and I mean, okay, let's say it goes up five or ten thousand more dollars, okay? If you've already spent a million on the card, is five or ten thousand a profit?
2: Can't. Yeah, I mean, I can't be.
1: Because you got to pay fees and everything like yeah. that through auction houses. Like it can't be that good. Again, it's a good investment if you make six thousand percent. Oh yeah. But what if you make five or ten grand off a car? Like, I don't know. I, I'm just I'm I'm amazed by all of it. So, um, are you familiar with ninety nine X? Do you remember the radio station 99X in Atlanta? Nope. Okay. How, I know P 90 P90X. How about 100.5? Are you familiar with 100.5? It used to be, oh, gosh. That one sounds a little it, more it familiar. Was, it was 99, 99X did broadcast on 100.5. It, it was 99.7. Then they switched over. It was Rock 100 for a long time, Okay. but 100.5 also for a while was the Burt Show and all that, whatever that station was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I bring this up because 99X is coming back. Starting January 3rd, you'll be able to listen to 99X. It's coming back on 100.5 FM. Now, you know we had that meeting last week and they talked about V103 and all that, And, and it's true. Uh-huh. But I will tell you, 99X was one of the great early alternative rock stations in the country when it first came out. Hugely popular in its day, their morning show was Jimmy Barron. Uh, what was her name? Um, oh God! Now my brain just went dead. Um, oh God! What was? Oh man! Now that's gonna now that's gonna bother me. Um, oh, Leslie Fram. Jimmy Barron, Leslie Fram, and I forget now who the other guy, who the other guy, other guy was, but they were a, a hugely popular morning show, uh-huh. the Morning X. Oh, okay. Yeah, B- uh, Barnes, Barnes. It was Leslie Barnes and Jimmy, uh-huh. The Morning X. Okay. Okay. So they were hugely popular, but it was a great, was a great, like alternative rock, like right, Pearl Jam and Soundgarden and all those kinds of. But then they would also do like throwbacks. They would do Retro in the Metro at lunchtime. They'd throw, they'd do old, uh, like stuff from the 80s and stuff like that. They would do on weekends, they would broadcast from, um, oh God, now my brain just went dead. uh, American Pie. They'd broadcast on Sundays from American Pie. That was the place to be on Sundays. Okay. Retro in the Metro on the deck at American Pie. So they were one of the great stations in Atlanta for uh, several years. But they were a very cutting-edge alternative station. Now, I don't know what it's going to be like, if it's going to be an oldie station now. There's a letter here that explains that I can't read it. I don't feel like reading through it. But but it is interesting. Like, what's old is new again because 99X was a hugely popular station back in
2: its day. And I don't even know. Is there alternative rock nowadays? I don't even know if there's. I know when I used to work at iHeart, they had an alternative rock station. I forgot what it was called. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think that I they probably still know. have their rock station. D- maybe. They,
1: but uh, my point is, do they even make new rock music, quote-unquote? Oh, I have no idea. I mean, they don't make rock and roll music. I get that. But right. I don't even know if there are. Are there still bands? Like, are, are there maybe. musical bands? I don't even know if there's bands anymore. No, I don't know. I have so, no idea. And I'm not talking about, like, boy groups or girl groups. I'm talking about, like. No, like, actual
2: bands. Yeah. Like a drummer and a, yeah. Right.
1: Like Led Zeppelin or the Beatles. Right. Or, you know, an actual band that played instruments and sang and everything like that. Right. I don't even know if there's that anymore. But very interesting, the 99X is coming back. I'm going to be curious to see what the format's like because, again, that was a great station back in its old days. Now, with that, tonight's top ten list. Oh, by the way, RIP, we talked about Kirstie Alley with Dukes and Bell. She died uh, here at the last few days, had cancer, 71 years old. Also, we found out where today Mills Lane died. The referee in the earbite fight, right? Oh. Wasn't Mills Lane Mills Lane was the referee. He was a cartoon character, Mills Lane. He did a, <laughs> a, a show as a judge and all that, like Judge Judy. He had his own judge show and all that. Judge Mills Lane. Yeah, he was a he was kind wow. of goofed up. but I think I think he was the referee for the um Holyfield Tyson fight with the earbite. I think he was the referee for all of that. That's crazy. Yeah, he was a boxing referee. Yeah. R. So, R. P. Uh RP to all those guys. All right, so tonight's top ten list, your top ten favorite all-time radio personalities. Doesn't have to be just Atlanta. can be national, anything you want. Yeah. Top ten favorite all-time radio personalities. Dylan, the floor is yours.
2: All right, well, I'm going to be a little bit humble, but, you know, I still got to throw myself in there because, you know, I am a radio personality from time to time, so at number ten, I'm going to put myself, John Chuckery. If, if
1: you show up or work or anything like that, I'm I mean, always that's the, I'm
2: always working. That's uh, the thing. I'm always you working. are. For yeah, who? It, it might you know it might not be here on this particular show, but I'm always working, Chuck. That, that's all you need to know. At number nine, got to go with uh, one of the Atlanta goats in radio, Ryan Cameron. Obviously, he had the Ryan Cameron Morning Show. It is, this, he doesn't still have? It. I think it's on a different station now because he he's be on, on a beef. different station. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. All right. So he's number nine. And number eight, I'm gonna go with uh, one of the newer guys. I'm gonna go with uh, Pat McAfee. I really, I really enjoy his show. Uh, Pat it's McAfee's fan. Listen, he's great. That's the best thing that
1: Game Day, whatever their thing is, <laughs> the, the the college show that they do, yeah. which is only the third or fourth best college show in America. Number one is us, right? Um, but that's the smartest thing that they did. His podcast and he's fantastic. I love yeah. Pat McAfee. And again, WWE SmackDown announcer.
2: Yep. So you know, I I think Pat McAfee's fantastic. At number seven, I'm gonna go Ricky Smiley. I love the Ricky Smiley morning yeah. show. It's hilarious. Yep. So I got Ricky Smiley Doesn't at number 7 he,
1: Don't they have a TV show that he does or something? Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's on. It's on like the. It's on like Fox it's, Five. It's not like
1: Entertainment Tonight, but no. it's sort of like yes. Yeah, it's, it's sort of it's like him. Like that. Live with other people, people and they yeah. talk about entertainment. Like the Brad stuff.
2: is on there, and you know different guys like that. Who um, I,
1: I think wasn't. Um, oh
2: man, Gary is on there. I forget Gary. One of the old, uh,
1: one of the Atlanta Housewives, Portia. Oh, oh yeah, was Portia on, on there? I think
2: she still is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, that's. Um, oh God. That's Hosea Williams, like niece or something like that. Portia Williams. Oh, I don't okay. think her name is that. Williams now. I think she's married now. Yeah. But Portia, wasn't she like? <clears throat>
2: Wasn't she like Jose Williams, like niece or something like that? I get. I don't even know who Jose Williams is. To be. Completely oh my honest god!
1: With you. Oh god!
2: I don't know who Jose Williams is.
1: Oh.
0: I know
2: Jose Optube. <laughs> I don't know who Jose Williams is. <laughs> I'm gonna keep going now. <laughs> okay. Well, at number six, I got Steve Harvey. I like Steve Harvey. I like him on Family Feud, and I like him on the radio too. Shout I like Steve Harvey too. Shout out to Steve Harvey. And number five, this is one of, like, the few people. You know how much
1: pain I'm suffering right now? <laughs> I'm sorry. You don't know who Hosea, you, you said <clears throat> Hosea Williams spells his name like H-O-S-E-A. Oh. And you're telling me J-O-S-E J O S E Yeah.
2: Yeah. Oh, my God. I, I don't know. I don't know Chuck. I don't, I don't know him. I don't know how he spells his name. I don't know any of that. I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> okay. All right. At number five, I'm gonna have to go with this. Is one of the few people I like on ESPN. Oh, actually, he's not on ESPN anymore. Or maybe he is. I can't remember. But Dan Lebetard. Hey, is he still? Is, is he still with I, ESPN? I think
1: his show just went off oh, the air. Yeah. yeah. I, I I've never understood that Stu Gatz and him. I I don't. I think Dan Libetart's hilarious. Is he? I, yeah. I I've listened a couple times here or there. I I didn't get it. One for me. Yeah. I uh, I, I thought it was pretty. Funny. I know
2: he's immensely popular. Yeah. He's immensely popular. Um, and number four, I know some people don't like him. I don't like s- some of his takes and some of the things he, he stands for. But overall, I, I do like Stephen A. Smith. I, I think he's funny at times. Yeah, I, I like I his don't. whole bit with the Cowboys. That's yeah, funny. Yeah, I, I
1: don't have a big problem with Stephen A. No. I mean, the funny thing is when you get Stephen A. away from sports, it's actually very insightful when he's not doing sports stuff, believe it or not.
2: Yeah, he's very intelligent, very well-spoken, And when you, like like you said, when it comes to things away from sports. Number three. So
1: Portia was Hosea Williams' granddaughter.
2: Oh, according to the text
1: line. Okay. Yeah. So. You know. And and they spelled Hosea the right way and everything. You know, and shout shout out to them. I, I just. You, know. you, you never heard like the he feeds all the he fed all the hungry did a lot of the, the food drives and all that at Thanksgiving and.
2: Nope. Nope. Is he from here? Is he is he an Atlanta native, Hosea? Go ahead. <laughs> all right. Ahead. And number and number three, I'm gonna have to go with uh, Howard Stern. I haven't listened to like a crazy amount of Howard Stern, but whenever I have, it's been pretty impressive. And like, he's kind of like that. He's kind of like that Oprah personality where he gets people to kind of open up to him in different kind of ways. So I've always respected him for that.
1: Howard Stern is on my list. Howard Stern currently today is the best interviewer in the United States of America. Yeah, there's nobody that does a better long-form interview than Howard Stern. Now, it's yep. not all the Lesbo stuff and all that kind of <laughs> stuff, but. <clears throat> it's he's the best interviewer in the business. He gets somebody he'll get a celebrity on there and go an hour or two with them, right?
2: And it's fascinating. He's he's terrific. At number two, I'm actually gonna uh, go here at night on the game and I have to go Carl Dukes. Carl Dukes is very good at what Carl's he does. Tremendous. Yeah. Carl I mean and he, he you know, he's one of the he's one of the few, you know, like African American like number ones out here. So yes. you know, he's 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 doing his thing Carl's in the, at least tremendous. in sports. So he's number two. And at number one, drum roll please. I'm gonna have to go with John Tuckery. Other than oh, his god, son. Yeah. number one is John Tuckery. Well, I'm surprised you don't spell
1: my name wrong or something <laughs> like that. Um, yeah, Hosea Williams was part of the civil rights movement and everything too. Oh, yeah, okay. I, I don't want to get into all of it. Yes. Somebody says fire you. So <laughs> just saying. All right. Um, I'll start with the local sports guys. I've got Mike Bell on my list, and I remember when Mike moved here. Yep. Um, I I, I love Mike. Mike Mike's a character, and he's done amazing, uh, for himself. Um, the Dean. I mean, I got to have Bobak. I mean, right? I mean, you got to have the Dean on the list, right? I've heard of (laughs) Bobak. Bobak. You didn't try to win a Bobak block of granite when you were in high school? A what? (sighs) Um, I know he's on the other station, but I'm a huge fan of Nick Cialini. And obviously, we've had his brother, Vincent, here. But I'm a big fan of Nick. Nice. Um... I love the regular guys. I, I'm a big fan of the regular guys. And Von Hessler still is on the radio. Obviously, Larry Wax, that's Sandra Golden's husband. Um, oh, I, I love that. I love the regular guys. Well, Larry and Larry and Eric, uh, any idea who all of that is? Nope. No? Okay. All right, let's see if you know any of these people. I have Howard Stern, like I said. I think Howard Stern is, is fantastic. Um, this one you won't know, but Pete Franklin is the legendary sports voice of Cleveland, Ohio. So when you talk about, like, the long-term sports voices – in your town. He was the one for, for Cleveland. Um, I've got Limbaugh on there. I think Limbaugh is the, the godfather of of all of this. I mean sense. he he's the godfather of talk radio, one of them. Um how about Neil Bortz?
2: Nope. You don't know who Neil Bortz is? Nope. I know who Limbaugh is though, obviously. Yeah, yep. so yep. like, but no. Uh Neil Bortz, one of Bortz. my
1: absolute favorites. I love Neil Bortz. Wish I could sit down and talk to Neil Bortz and just pick his brain on stuff. How about the Kimmer? The who? the the kimmer the, okay i was <laughs>
2: going to say at first look out it's the kimmer <laughs> mercy no no the kimmer no oh is that what is that what when, when mike bell always says mercy or somebody is, is that who is mocking i've heard him say that before uh, and finally the grease man Familiar with
1: the grease man uh-uh. now mike bell knows the grease man cuz the grease man recommended mike for the station in DC and all that. Grease Man helped Mike get his first, Uh-oh. one of his first radio jobs.
2: Shout out to the Greaseman. Man. Grease
1: Man used to be on this station when it was Z93 Z ninety three in the old days. Yeah, you remember when this was Z ninety three? You know I don't. <laughs> you know I don't. <laughs> okay, when we get back, Chip Towers joined us earlier in the show. I'm I'm I got to get over my disappointment. I I I know what was coming and i set myself up for all of this just like the falcons so, this and is, marcus this mariota is, you set
2: me up for failure this
1: is why this is why i shouldn't be number 1 is because my disappointment comes through on the radio we get back chip towers will join us sports radio 99 the game honestly.com just
3: ain't going to buy it Back to more john Sugary. he's in the zone sports radio
1: 929 the game Sports Radio 929 The Game. It is a John Chuck show live on this Tuesday evening, coming off a, another SEC championship, an undefeated season for the University of Georgia Bulldogs. Now we get ready for New Year's Eve, taking on Ohio State at Mercedes-Benz Stadium for the Peach Bowl in the national semifinal. As uh, we always do when we want to talk from Georgia football, let's head out to the wadeford.com hotline. Atlanta's Ford dealer. Let's talk to our buddy Chip Towers. He, of course, covers all things Georgia Bulldogs for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. AJC.com, I promise you, he's going to have Tons of content there. So head there, check out all of his work there. And of course, follow him on Twitter at C towers, AJC and chip man, another undefeated season. Um, you know, it really is remarkable where Georgia is. You know, I moved here in 93 and you'd always heard about that sleeping giant of Georgia football, man, we are really in the glory days right now of what this program can be.
3: Yeah, we really are. I guess this is what the giant looks like when he's finally awake. Uh, (laughs) And uh yeah, I mean we'll see. Obviously there's games still to be played, uh, but you know, I mean you're one of four still alive, you're ranked number one and and undefeated, and I'm seeing some incredible numbers come out of um Las Vegas in terms of uh you know, everybody having Georgia as the favorite to win it all at this point. Uh but you know, they'll have to get all they'll have to get past the uh Ohio State team first that I think is, you know, a tough match especially when you look at you know the the grand scheme of the four teams that are in there um being the number one generally the thought is that you get the easier the two matchups because you're playing the four seed i'm not sure that's necessarily the case i think uh michigan might have got that with tcu but hey you're playing at home in your backyard in the peach bowl uh really no excuses at this point and it is I mean, is indeed, you know, you are living in the glory days of Georgia football right here and now.
1: Chip, what's the thing that Georgia is better at now than they were at the beginning of the season?
3: Oh, well, uh, wow, that's a good question. Nobody's really asked me that, uh, and I'll have to think about it. Uh, uh, I'll have to think on my toes. I'm not very good at that. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, I would say, uh, well, you know, immediately, like in this last game, uh, Georgia was – five for five, I think it was, or seven for seven or something like that in the red zone uh, on touchdowns. And they had a little bit of a issue here late in the year getting in from inside, you know, the five-yard line, really to three and two and one had been their biggest problem. Uh, And and they had a couple of situations where they were able to score uh, against LSU in that situation. Uh, And, uh, you know, they've definitely gotten better, on defense, as Jalen Carter got back, you realized how much you missed him while he missed most, most of or all or parts of six games in the middle of the season. Getting uh, 88 back for the stretch run has been a big deal. Uh, but other than that, you know, uh, they've kind of – they don't – that's kind of the thing about Georgia, uh, and you're sort of seeing that. We're in awards week right now in terms of, you know, all SEC and that kind of stuff, and – you know, considering they've won, um, what is it now? Uh, so they've won 13, and they went, so they've won 27 of the last 28 games, and whatever that extends to going back to the previous season, you know, they're, they're not filling up the all SEC list the way you would expect a team of that ilk to do so. But that's kind of the beauty of Georgia is in the sum of its parts. That's definitely uh, how they're wired, and that's the way Kirby Smart wants it.
1: Chip Towers from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, covering all things Bulldogs, joins us here on the WaitFor.com hotline. So Stetson will be up in New York as one of the four. It's kind of funny. I got into this discussion a lot, Chip, with folks at SEC Media Days because I put Stetson number two uh, on the second team on my ballot. I had Bryce Young one, and I had Stetson two. And I know in the media poll for the preseason, he was not the number two quarterback. But, you know, and I saw some of the tweets I do think that there is something to being a productive guy on the best team in the country. He may not have the numbers that blow you away, but I think that there has to be some thought about winning, and I just look at a guy like Stetson and say what he means to this team and how he leads this team and how successful they've been. I think there has to be some other things besides just how many yards, how many touchdowns did he throw this year.
3: Uh, well, I think that's the beauty of Stetson Bennett personally. And, you know, obviously I've watched this entire, um, you know, flower bloom from from seedling to what it is today. And, uh, you know, I think the great thing about Stetson Bennett is the difficulty in describing him. I mean, nobody really can all that much. Uh, you know, even his coach, Kirby Smart, struggled a little bit this past Saturday when he was finally asked directly the Heisman question. And there's no sense in even asking Kirby, anything about it until you get to it's going to be presented on Saturday, Coach, so what do you think, you know? Uh, and, and But he really is hard to define, and it's interesting. You were talking about the best player on the best team. You know, that's the thing that's kind of filled up my Twitter timeline is uh, especially Tennessee fans and some Alabama fans and sort of uh, – I, I don't know if you would call it shaming, but certainly criticizing, uh, you know, the, the Heisman – voters for for sending Stetson Bennett uh and and they were referring to him just because he's the best player on the best team well I mean I think you could argue he's not necessarily the best player on the best team either I mean there's you know I would I would give that distinction to Jalen Carter or maybe uh Brock Bowers I mean I, I think those players are definitely the best at their respective positions and and um by association, best on the team. But, you know, but all Stetson does is win. And, you know, there's a terrific chart um, out there running around. His, His record against teams with winning records, against FBS top 25 teams, is better than all the other quarterbacks that he'll be up there with this weekend. But as you alluded to, statistically, his just don't match theirs. You know, he's got 20 touchdowns, 27 including his rushing touchdowns. Six interceptions, you know, thirty-five hundred yards passing or something. I mean, it's just nothing that blows you away about anything that he's done. But you know what he does do? He just wins. He just puts Georgia in position to win all the time. So uh, I thought the Burlsworth Award was great, and I love that he's going to New York. I mean, I think I think it's uh, it's great that he's going. I I, I don't I feel bad for Hendon Hooker or Bryce Young or whoever else wasn't. Included as a finalist, but I, I think he deserves to be there just based on his "quote unquote" body of work the last two years.
1: Chip, where do you think he is among quarterbacks? I mean, you've you've been around this program uh, a ton. I've seen it for you know most of my life, and you know, again, I don't know where you put him in the pantheon of Georgia quarterbacks. But you know, if we're talking about a two-time champion, I mean, I don't know how he's not the best quarterback and and because again I look at more than just how many yards and touchdowns and things like that I mean he's one of the more important players in the history of this program is he not
3: he is and and I actually uh have had this conversation with Aaron Murray who I you know label as, as one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time uh who played for the Georgia Bulldogs as well as you know David Green and Fran Tarkington and uh you know there's been uh, you know Matt Stafford certainly for for being the number one pick in the NFL draft and, and becoming a Super Bowl champion and, and all that kind of stuff. But if he wins back to back national champions, if he let me put it a different way, if he leads his team to back to back national champions, uh, I told Aaron and Aaron agreed and and said he would he agrees with me on this that he would be the greatest quarterback of all time in University of Georgia history. Now, that's the way, uh, you know, you can quantify it however you want to. There's going to be players that had better statistics. Um, there's going to be players who did more to put the team on their back and get them to to into the winning column. But for everything he's been able to do, and, yes, for his story, where he started, you know, Blackshear, Georgia, Pierce County, uh, walking on, Jones County, community college, you know, transfers back to Georgia, really gets the position by default and hadn't let go of it in two years. I just think it's a beautiful story. It's a beautiful book. And uh, and I think if he can win two more games, if Georgia can win two more games with him at the controls, he will be he will go down as the greatest quarterback in the history of Georgia football.
1: Chip Towers covers the Bulldogs for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Joins us on the wadeford.com hotline. Was the defense better than you thought it was going to be going into this season? Do you you think Georgia's defense, because there was so much talk about all the guys they lost, and I I had a lot of discussions about, look, they got a whole crap ton of first-round NFL guys that are still on that defense, but did they surprise you with how good they were again this year?
3: Oh, yeah, that was, uh, so that's been the biggest thing for me. I'm actually not, terribly surprised about how well they've done on offense and you know they're they're essentially a top five top ten offense in all respects and they throw the ball uh, really more often and better than i expected them to do to at the beginning of the season but it's defensively that i thought they were just had to take a step back just the fact that they had eight players drafted off that side of the ball 15 overall and that's not including all the different people who have transferred out and stuff. So I just thought the talent bleed would be too great. So you would give up a little bit more and, and, you know, knowing, you know, how explosive Tennessee was supposed to be. Florida was supposed to be at the beginning of season, you know, Alabama who I thought they would probably meet in the conference championship game. I I just didn't think they'd be able to hold up, but they have. Now that said, um, you know, Georgia's got some issues heading in this Ohio state game. You know, they're just coming off a game where LSU threw for 502 yards. That's the second most Georgia's ever given up in the history of its program uh, in the passing game. So, uh, I I mean, I I understand the complexion of the game. You know, I kind of get it a little bit. I think I can explain a little bit about what happened, like as opposed to what they were able to do against Tennessee a month earlier. Uh, But that said, that's a concern. And, you know, here comes, you know, CJ Stroud, a, a great group of, of of wide receivers and running backs, and in and, uh, uh, that that or might be the best group that you've seen all year. So uh, that's a concern. But yes, the defense surprised me uh, and is over uh, is definitely uh, overachieved in my opinion.
1: Last question for you, Chip. Just a minute left. Do we talk enough about? Georgia and their kicking game, their punting and kicking game. That seems like one of those things that maybe because they're so good offensively and so good defensively is one of the more, probably the most balanced team in the country. But they don't hurt themselves on special teams. And we saw Alabama over the years struggle in the kicking game and it cost them and things like that. But one thing about this program is they've been really good when it comes to finding kickers and punters.
3: Yeah, it has been fantastic. And, you know, they leaned hard on uh, J-Pod this year, uh, Jack Lesney, the, the field goal kicker. He actually missed the the only one he attempted this past weekend, but he has been Mr. Dependable all year. And, uh, you know, we <laughs> Brett Thorson, we've barely seen him, you know, but just because Georgia knocks out first downs. Uh, listen, this is sort of getting back to Stetson Bennett. The one thing I think he does – just so unbelievably well is convert on third down, you know, he just keeps the sticks moving. So, I mean, Georgia typically ends up in the red zone with some kind of score rather than having to punt, but you still got to do that, you know, and Brett Thorson's, you know, 75 yard punt or seven, whatever it was against uh, uh, Tennessee, you know, was a huge example. Uh, He's been a little bit inconsistent, but you'd expect that from a first year guy playing American football for the first time in his life, uh, you know, in Brett Thorson. But, yeah, they're solid on special teams, and that's part of it. I think I've probably given them the check in the special teams matchup in every game they've played, and that probably has a lot to do with them being 13-0 and at this point.
1: Check out all of his work at AJC.com. Going to have a lot of coverage coming up between now and the playoff game. Chip Towers covers all things Georgia Bulldogs for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. You can follow him on Twitter at ctowersajc. And he joined me here on the waitfor.com hotline. Chip, as always, man, I appreciate it. We'll try to catch up right before the playoff game happens. But thanks so much, as always, for your time.
3: My pleasure, sir. See you next time.